Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to CFB Unfiltered. I am Blaine Gilmer here once again with Josh Taylor and Donovan Wyatt, and we are reacting to college football week nine. Uh, a lot of some some rivalry games that took place, some teams that that moved themselves, propelled themselves forward as we're going into the first CFP uh, rankings that come out tomorrow night, and uh josh you know when it comes down to it we're gonna we're gonna rehash everything that that happened and also give our previews of what we think the committee will do uh going out or at least maybe what we would do if we were on the prestigious committee yeah i'm excited to see how they rank some of these teams especially with cincinnati you know struggling a little bit against tulane pulling out in the second half and then just comparing losses to other teams um so i'm really interested to see that just seeing like how the AP poll really looks at, you know, the playoff and then also what we've said and how close we can get to what the rankings got to be. Absolutely. Donovan, what are you, what are you, uh, what are you excited about to, to see as we approach the college football rankings first unveiling? Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see how they value a lot of teams losses that they had earlier on and a lot of teams wins that they had earlier on specifically, you know, Ohio state's lost to Oregon, but Oregon's win against Ohio state. I want to see how that balancing act kind of plays out and you know with a few other teams as well yeah i think it's going to be fascinating to see you know i sent you a uh, you guys some little research going into it uh today of espn's you know strength of schedule metrics and all this kind of stuff it's really a a moving target when it comes to that because you've got you can go to five different sites and analytic places and have five different strengths of schedules but Donovan, you were questioning. They're like, "Is that a is that like a real thing you sent me, or was that like a parody deal?" Like, you know, you you had some Reddit. questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, ESPN, the the worldwide leader in sports. You know, when you have the Pittsburgh Panthers as the sixth overall FBI, and I think Texas was approaching the top ten. You know, I have my questions about whatever methods they have to calculate that, but you know, I'll leave my quarrels with ESPN to another time. Absolutely. Uh, Josh, before we before we get into, uh, you know, obviously mentioning a little bit about our our show partner, Bet Online, before we do that and before we get into some of our reaction right off the bat, any any just overarching thoughts that, that come to mind when you're when you're thinking about these rankings coming up? I am interested to see how Alabama ranks with that one loss. Um, I think, I honestly think they're going to have them at number two and so many people are going to be mad about it. I think a team like Cincinnati is going to hate it. I think Ohio state's going to be barking up, you know, with a, with an impressive win against Penn state, you know, the second half they pulled out Donovan. So congrats on that. Um, but I think Alabama is going to be number two likely. And I think that a lot of people are going to, you know, once again, two SEC guys at the top and everyone's going to be barking about this expansion once again. Well, think about this. I was talking to somebody just uh, about college football in general. Think what happens, Josh, if let's just let's just play dead, devil's advocate and be like, okay, here's Alabama. They're, they're, they go and they're taking care of business. But let's say Texas A&M beats Auburn this, this weekend, right? And then uh, Alabama, who's lost two straight at Jordan-Hare, goes to Auburn and were to lose that game, it, they would all have two losses. It'd be a three-way tie to the for the SEC West. And that comes when it comes down to it and they've all beat each other head to head, that comes down to who's the highest ranked team uh gets the nod to go to the SEC championship. So uh obviously that would that would alter the the college football playoff aspect tremendously, but that would be fascinating to see, okay, where did Alabama start? And how does that impact if that were to happen? So uh, there, you can bet on one thing you can bet on, guys, is that there is going to be craziness in these final weeks of college football in the SEC and the Big 12, uh, Big 10. It's going to be nuts. ACC, probably not a lot of craziness because it's just not just worth having any craziness <laughs> over there in the ACC. But speaking of betting, guys, football, it's, uh, you know, 
football and basketball season. There's still a game, maybe two left of the World Series. Uh, NHL is going on right now. So there's a lot of stuff going on uh, that you can check out. So Bet Online, it remains the number one spot for basketball and football action this season. So here's what you need to do head over to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, anything you can think of. You want to make sure you're taking advantage of those 2021 um, amazing offers that they have. So Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. And speaking of getting things started, Donovan, it all kind of got started up in East Lansing uh, between Michigan and Michigan State at a 12 o'clock kickoff. And what a game that turned out to be, Donovan. Listen, I tried to tell people Michigan State plus four, right? Or the money line was free money for the weekend. I was not sold on the Michigan Wolverines, right? As as the headline says, Kenneth Walker walks all over Michigan with another highest performance again. All the, the talk of you know Michigan State's the big the, the little brother, right? Michigan's the big brother in the rivalry. That's proving to not be true as of recent. I mean, it was already kind of not true the past decade with Michigan struggles. But listen, Michigan State credit to them. They they tried to throw the ball early, right? Peyton Thorne had his struggles, and they realized like they should have from the beginning of the game. Hey, if we just feed Kenneth Walker, we're gonna be good to go. And again, almost 200 yards rushing, five total touchdowns for another high performance. Josh, I know he's your guy. I'm oh, sure yeah. you were thrilled to watch him just dominate. Yeah, and to me, I was wrong a bit about uh, Cade McNamara. Like I, I said, he can't throw the ball, and he came out on fire, hitting his wide receivers in stride, making big plays. That's what really surprised me this game. But Michigan State being down, like you said, Thorne just couldn't get the ball going. So Kenneth Walker, you know, Sir King Kenneth Walker the third, the Heisman <laughs> finalist who should win, by the way, said – all right, like my team's struggling. Defense is giving up big plays. Passing game's not getting going. Like every time I touch the ball, like my goal is to take it to the house. And he almost did on every single uh, carry with five touchdowns. It's just the key moments and the clutch moments when he steps up and the big playability that he possesses. I just, I love watching him run the football. It kind of reminds me of, you know, the season Derrick Henry had. He's so hard to tackle and they're going to feed him over and over and over. And you know, he's going to get the ball, but you still can't stop him when he, st- when he gets the ball. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, he, he's he's one of those special players, right? That 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 you you just want to see what happens every time he touches the ball, and and like, it, oh, here it goes. <laughs> it just seemed like it just seems, you know, Michigan was in control. I mean, they had it, guys. They had it. They had it. Rabbitohs thirty to fourteen, I believe, and here here they come storming back. So with that set up, though, I do think it it the way that one played out, it still doesn't change anything in my mind, Donovan, about how. Uh, especially with what happened with with uh, Penn State this weekend, you know them hanging around. I think Ohio State obviously they're the most talented team and they should be the favorite. But it it says that they're going to be tested over the last couple of weeks with uh, Michigan and Michigan State. Well, they absolutely will. I mean, Ohio State, you know, they were pretty successful in stopping Penn State's run uh, on defense. Their defense has improved this past weekend, but again, Penn State does not have an offensive line. Uh, in a running game like Michigan State or even like Michigan right at this point. Sean Clifford got his, but like you mentioned, Ohio State's the most talented team. And while I may disagree with some of your takes on, on them, both of you SEC guys, I, I do agree that Ohio State's got a gauntlet to, you know, coming up and they're still such a young team that it's not unreasonable to say that they will drop a game to Michigan State or to Michigan. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they, they're going to be tested, right? If, they, if, if Ohio State – does in fact get their way into the playoff, they will have earned it. I mean, they 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 have an opportunity here if they were to win, and not only win if they were to win and look good defensively. Because I don't think anybody's going to question how good they look offensively if they continue to they they held I think Penn State to under two yards a carry. Uh, you know, it was it was a minuscule number, so that shows improvement along that defensive front. Although we will say this. Penn State has not ran the ball on anybody all Saquon's year. Saquon's not coming out. <laughs> yeah, so, so it's not been highly impressive. I think when you point to – that's been the weakness, right, Donovan? I mean, you, it's been, you know, CJ can they Burdell. stop the run? 
because mm-hmm. Oregon ran it all over them, and that's really the strength of these two teams that you're going to face, Josh, you know, Ohio State and Michigan and Michigan State running the ball right at Ohio State. To me, I think it's going to come down to some moments where it, the ball, it, like the game's in C.J. Stroud's hand. We're going to see how he handles that. I seen that a little bit last night right when he hit – like I, I was about to tweet something out, Don. I'm not gonna lie. Like, oh, this game. I have a feeling it's gonna come to a late game. Like CJ Stroud hasn't had his moment yet, and then he hits Chris Olave on that dime for a touchdown. So I think there's gonna be more of those moments. I just don't know if Michigan, Michigan State's defense is good enough to stop, you know, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and then Travion Henderson, my Virginia boy, um, who's toting that thing. Who's probably the best player on Ohio State's team, to be honest, especially on that offense. So. I think Ohio State's just so balanced. It's just C.J. Stroud has to take that little leap at the end and say, hey, I can you know, step up and make the throw to these guys who are going to be first-round draft picks and win some big games. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. And, Dom, anything to finish up that one before we head on to the Auburn Ole Miss reaction here? Well, the last, last piece with that game, and, and Blaine, I'm, I'm sure you'll appreciate this, is the one thing, probably the biggest thing that concerned me with Ohio State and going forward, assuming they went out, and it'll get better, is that interior of the offensive line struggled against Penn State. And so when I consider that matchup against Georgia, and I know it was only one game, but we kind of saw it in a few other games. You know, Luke Weipler, the center, right, who was not the original starter, and Paris Johnson, who was the number one tackle in the class, now starting at right guard. He's still talented, but he's six foot seven. It's tough to be that tall and play guard. Those two guys against, you know, the defensive front for Georgia, that would be con- concerning for me. You know, if if you play the way you because don't worry, Penn State's got a great front, but nothing like Georgia's. Well, and here's the thing, and I'm not going to touch on Georgia long, but you know, you've had you've had Jordan Davis that has gotten mm-hmm. talked about a lot, and Jalen Carter that's gotten talked about a lot, um, that have really been the catalyst, and they've been the guys who've been playing the best up front, and then even Trevon uh, Trevon Walker gets in there and plays well, and then against Florida, who rushed for 256 yards against uh, against Alabama earlier this year, Devontae Wyatt comes out and has the best game of any of those guys. So it seems like at any given time, you know, four or five different guys can can have the, the best game of any of them in that, um, you know, in that in that front. So I think looking down the line, that's definitely something to consider. Another thing to consider, Josh, you know, like I said, with that Iron Bowl uh, looming is uh, Bo Nix and Auburn are starting to put it together a little bit here, as our headline says. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Bo Nix like, looks different after he got benched earlier in the season. And, of course, you know that Auburn game is always one that you stress about. But you just you have to be so impressed with Bo Nix and how he's handling these games. You know, he's great on his feet. If he can get to that outside edge, which, you know, always gives Alabama trouble, and he, he did it against Ole Miss, too, he can make those scrambles and score on his feet, too. So it's not just the passing game. But Auburn's defense is so much better than a lot of people thought it was going to be going into the season. And that's what impressed me. I know Matt Corral got hurt. You know, he was out for a little bit. But still, like, even when he was in the game, you could tell like he, they made him uncomfortable a lot of times. You're not going to stop Matt Corral because that's the entire offense pretty much uh, for Ole Miss. And Lane Kiffin does a great job getting him involved. But just handling him the way that they did and being able to outscore Ole Miss, that's, that's the easiest way to stop them, really. It, it really showed me that this Auburn's defense can make some plays, make some stops in uh, – I'm getting a little worried. I'm not going to lie, but I think we still win this one. But uh, Auburn's a lot better than we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season. Well, the thing about Auburn is, you know, Brian Harson being a first-time coach in the SEC, what he did that was so underrated, I think, early on is is bringing in Mike Bobo and Derek Mason as his coordinators. Both, uh, you know, Mike Bobo was entrenched not only as Georgia's quarterback, but their longtime coordinator. He was a former head coach, went out to Colorado State, was their head coach. now. So now he comes back, and he's running a true pro-style offense, right? This is not a gimmick uh, Gus Malzahn, you know, razzle-dazzle high school, you know, offense. This is a tried-and-true actual pro-style, pro-concept offense, yet he's adapting it, like you said, to be able to utilize Bo Nix, but listen to this stat line for Bo Nix. If 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 somebody had told me, you know, midway through the year that Bo Nix would be putting up this kind of numbers, I just wouldn't have believed him. Believed him because Bo Nix has always been so inconsistent, especially in the passing game. Twenty-two of 30, 276, a touchdown, and then he had eight rushes for thirty yards and two rushing touchdowns. That is a that is a recipe for Auburn success, and it's also a recipe for Bo Nix to 
help himself out in this upcoming draft, Donovan, because we've talked about how, you know, this draft class is not great when it comes to quarterbacks. And if Bo Nix is able to establish himself this way, he could end up making himself some money. You know, listen, the last few weeks, he's got everything to prove, right? It said in the headline, Auburn's got a few matchup with Texas A&M, still Mississippi State's trying to work out any weaknesses and build as much as they can towards playing Alabama. And Bo Nix would, you know, obviously pull Auburn a long way if they went any of the, if they went out in those games, but pull himself a long way too. And it's interesting to see, you know, we knew how good Tank, Tank Bigsby was for, for Auburn, but when you utilize him, right? 140 him, rushing yards against uh, Ole Miss. I mean, when, it's serious. When you utilize that run game, I, I, it helps any quarterback and it helps any offense overall. But it, it's interesting to see when you get that rolling, what Bo Nix can do with a more, you know, not even necessarily balanced offense, but just a, another, threat to the, you know the other half of the offense and josh i know that we, we just talked about uh kenneth walker and how he should probably be the the favorite for the heisman right now of course you got bryce young doing great things but if bo nix goes on the road to texas a&m has a great game they win and then he were to beat alabama at home he would have to be starting to be considered in that heisman race no. i mean he would have to be be up there i, I mean take the 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 Crimson Tide, but that's off. No, they're off. They're off because I, I, I would vote for Kenneth Walker, not Bryce Young, right now. Honestly, um, I don't know. Like, I guess it, it depends because you know, obviously, you have Bryce Young, Kenneth Walker, C.J. Stroud, maybe right there. I'm like just three, talking about maybe but, getting in the hot in the finalist conversation. Yeah, maybe he'll be talked about. I don't see him going to New York. Like, he shouldn't, you know, book any tickets or anything. But, um, <laughs> it just, you know, maybe. I mean, Kenny Pickett falls off the list right after losing yeah, Miami, even fine. though I don't think it was yeah. his fault. 512 Maybe. yards passing, I believe. That's yeah, I know, but like that one bonehead interception. But once again, like I love the guy, I think he should still be there. But it just really depends. But I, I think you could put Bo Nix in the conversation, but I don't know. He got benched. Like, does that like kind of hurt his chances at all? Like, say, like, oh, he got it, benched this season. It just seems like it's so far long ago. And then the way the guy's playing, I was saying, if he were to beat a Texas A&M team that beat Alabama and then he were to beat Alabama in the Iron Bowl and then he would have an opportunity if that happened to play an SEC championship. So he would have an opportunity to play himself into all kinds of things. NFL draft stock, Eisman conversation, all kinds of stuff. Uh, Point is Auburn's got some real momentum behind them and now they've got to take it into uh, College Station, which we know is a tough place Mm -hmm. to to play. So that's going to be a, a true barometer right there. Now, speaking of tough place to play, I, I guys, it was a pick'em game between SMU and Houston, and I was under the impression. I thought I thought SMU would uh, really be able to. I thought they just had a more diverse, uh, more efficient team in terms of how they spread the ball around, and you know, Houston's defense wouldn't be able to key really too much on one guy, kind of keep them off balance with Garrett Riley's offense, Tanner Mordecai, things like that, but. Houston was the one that jumps up early, 17-0 on SMU. Clayton Toon played really well. Nathaniel Dell goes nuts, as he usually does. Um, and, you know, Josh, both of these teams, in terms of AAC, the American Athletic Conference, you know, with Cincinnati looming later on, now SMU is going to have to play Cincinnati in the regular season, and if everything holds, you know, from this point on, Houston will play Cincinnati in the conference championship game. Both of these teams look like legitimate, legitimate uh, threats to Cincinnati. Yeah, SMU and Houston both just high-powered offenses. I mean, you mentioned it. We know exactly who Tanner Mordecai was going to this game, but we didn't respect Clayton Tune enough when we talked about this game before. I didn't expect this kind of game from him. I, you know, I expect SMU to put up some points. We talked about how good Houston's defense was. But with Cincinnati, I look at Kobe Bryant and Amon Gardner. I cannot wait to see that matchup. Those are two of my favorite DBs in college football, just lockdown guys going against two high-powered offenses. I agree with you. Like, Cincinnati has not looked good, obviously, you know, struggling with Tulane. Pulls out, scores, what, 17 unanswered in the second half and just kind of squeaks by, you know, ugly Tulane team once again. So these two teams can challenge them, but I, I feel like, you know, if Cincinnati loses to SMU, it's like, oh, yep, Cincinnati wasn't for real. But then if they beat them, it's like, oh, well, you know, how good it really is SMU? You know, they don't get that national attention. So I feel like it's like it could be like a win-lose situation. Like, all right, you 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 beat them, but you're not going to get any respect from it. But if you lose to them, it's like, yep, Cincinnati, they're going to drop to like 15, 16 and just get no respect after that. 
Yeah, and, you know, Donovan, he just mentioned uh, Bryant and Gardner as, as DBs there for Cincinnati. They're going to have their hands full in that conference championship game when they face Nathaniel Dale and, and Jeremy mm. Singleton because Clayton Toon was finding them early and often in that game against SMU. Well, I was just surprised. I mean, if you had a gun to my head last week and said, okay, over, under, I'm not sure. I can't remember off the top of my head what it was for SMU and Houston, but I know that it was not the over 80 points that they scored. I would have bet my life on the under. And yet Houston was able to, as you said, jump off to an early lead and still put up 44 points. Again, I guess an SMU defense that isn't anything special, but not for an offense that we didn't think was anything special in Houston. Um, and again, listen, I agree with you completely. They're both threats to Cincinnati. And as much as I, you know, do think that if Cincinnati wins out and if a couple of things fall their way, they should make the playoffs. And as much as I root for another group of five team, um, that being said, they are still my arch rival from college. And I'm getting a little sick and tired of Cincinnati fans, you know, on social media talking about how they deserve this. They'd beat that. They'd beat that. I'm rooting for Cincinnati to make the playoffs. Why? Because I want Georgia to go lay 50 points on them. Right, I want them to do that. So I'm getting a little sick and tired of Cincinnati. So listen, when it comes down to it, I hope they beat SMU. I hope they beat Houston. I hope they dominate them. Convince. And when you say, and when you say Georgia would score 50, you got to say 35 of that comes from their defense. (laughs) Oh yeah, (laughs) thousand percent. Because Cincinnati's defense, they're legit. They are legit. But that offense, they've just been slower than I thought they would. And I don't know how much they would score against Georgia. Well, it's literally just Jerome Ford running the ball. Like poor guy. Like he has no help whatsoever in the run game. Like it's just it's just him running the ball. And you can't really expect Desmond Ritter is not that kind of quarterback that's just gonna pop off and throw four hundred yards, four touchdowns in a game, especially against Georgia. He'd be like ten for thirty five, one fifty and a touchdown to interception. That'd well, be like his exact the, line. You saw the inconsistency against Tulane. I mean, there's one thing, yes, uh ever the Nash you wouldn't believe the conversation. I, you know, I covered Georgia every day with ugasports.com. You wouldn't, you would have thought Georgia lost that game 34 to seven because that's a minute threw two interceptions in the game. One, oh, he's bad. One, he was trying to throw it downfield, shouldn't have, shouldn't have thrown it. The second one was a bad, was it was just awful. The second one was bad. But here's the difference between throwing a pick like that and throwing the picks that Desmond Ritter was throwing this week. Desmond Ritter's throwing a line drive pick over the middle that is getting returned back the the other way. And same thing with Anthony Richardson, right? You got to be no, you got to be cognizant of, okay, what's the situation? Can I take a deep shot here? If I throw a pick on a deep shot, is that, you know, okay, I'm putting the other team inside their own 10 yard line and my defense can take over. It is what it is. But if you throw a you know fifteen yard out route and or a five yard hitch and you don't see a cornerback and they pick, it's it's cognizant of situations, right? So that that's something that I think Desmond Ritter should be more aware of at this point. But guys, when you talk about Cincinnati, they were it was a fourteen to twelve game when the clock hit three minutes and twelve seconds in the third quarter against Tulane. That is when they scored their touchdown to increase that lead. Um, 14 to 12 over Tulane, and Desmond Ritter took several bad sacks in that game. He took three or four sacks that he has to get rid of the ball from. And if you're getting sacked by Tulane three and four times, imagine what's going to happen when you're facing a Ohio State front defensive front who is very good at getting after the passer, a Georgia front who would eat him alive. Uh, and then even Alabama, Will Anderson. What do you mean, even? <laughs> We're one of the best pass rushers in the country, Will Anderson. Come on. I'm just saying Will Anderson is the guy that that is that, you know, over there that is head and shoulders, I think, above all the other guys on, on Alabama's de- defense in terms of getting after the passer. It's uh it's it, it would be a scary proposition for Cincinnati. So I think everybody can tell where we're gonna have Cincinnati <laughs> ranked when we go to our rankings here in a minute. But uh Josh, before we um, kind of move on to some of the rankings there. You just want to, you know, what do you, what do you want to touch on to kind of close out the the action that happened in week nine? You know, a lot of people were mad about the officiating calls in the Michigan, Michigan State game. I get it. There were some bad ones. Did Kenneth Walker fumble before he walked into the end zone? Who knows? But at the end of the day, like this is the part of the season where we said the real teams step up. And I'll say player-wise too, this is when the real players step up. And I'm just impressed thoroughly with Kenneth Walker. Can you imagine what Kenneth Walker if he was still at Wake Forest, what that yeah. team would look like? Yeah. Jeez. 
Wake Forest is uh, definitely going to be. I, I I just don't see anybody beating them in the ACC this year Come because. On, yeah, Julian Smith saying Alabama will lose their art travel. They'll it'll like um, bounce off of somebody's foot and they'll catch it like 80 yards down the field for a touchdown to win the game. I I'm used to it. <laughs> Jordan in Jordan Air Stadium, just crazy things happen. It's just nuts. People crazy. disappear in the bushes. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's absolutely it's absolutely crazy. So, but we'll see. Uh, you know that that was under the Gus Malzahn regime. You know, one thing that he did have going for him was he had some magic there in that Iron Bowl. So this will be Brian uh, Harson's first Iron Bowl. He's gonna get, uh, you know, he's gonna get introduced to it. To it, you know, oh, there, yeah, nothing be, like it. There'll be no holding back from the seventy-year-old, you know, evil empire guy over there mm-hmm. at uh, at Alabama with Nick Saban, who, <laughs> who says he's got <laughs> ten more years left to coach. So uh, bad, new, bad news for the rest of college football when uh. Saban is planning on sticking around for another 10 years. So here we go. Let's, but without further ado, let's get into it. We've got the CFP committee revealing their first rankings tomorrow night. As we mentioned, uh, I think by and large, it, it's assumed that Georgia is the, the best team in the country right now in terms of complete, and they're going to you know, be number one. And then when it comes to number two, that's where the conversation comes into play because you got Cincinnati who could technically be ranked there just off of where they've been, you know, but everybody I think with eyeballs knows that Cincinnati is not the second best ranked team in the country. Alabama in that conversation, Ohio State in that conversation, Michigan State because they are undefeated and just beat a very good, who I think now we can say is a very good Michigan team. I, I, I think that – that they proved themselves in that game. I know Donovan that you got that mm-hmm. at Ohio State, but Michigan did some really good things in that game, especially early on. That if yeah. they if they hold on, you know, as Dan Mullen loved to say this week, if they hold the rope for sixty minutes, you know, which he's about to fall off the rope over there. <laughs> they're gonna cut him off the rope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're gonna take some scissors, cut that rope right there. He's gonna be but, holding uh, by himself. <laughs> if uh, if they if they had you know a couple things bounce their way. Michigan ends up maybe extending that lead in it, and we're talking a whole different deal uh, going into here. So, um, Donovan, we're going to, you know, put your rankings up here first and just want you to kind of explain to everybody, you know, why you have the first four teams and then also say that this is what you think, but also tell us what you think the committee will do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, like we mentioned, I think Georgia is the unquestioned number one. I think they deserve to be there. They're playing lights out on defense and their offense getting better. I personally have Ohio State number two. Um, I think they have the best offense in the country. I think their defense is getting better. Their defense needs to be tested more. Um, But in the same way that I didn't penalize Georgia and no one else in the country did when they only scored 10 points, albeit injured, and only beat Clemson, who was unranked and very bad this year by seven points, I don't penalize Ohio State by beating a team who is eighth ranked in the Big Ten, who beat the third best team in the SEC right now by double digits. I'm going to keep Ohio State at two, but I completely understand if the committee does, you know, keep or does slot up a team like Michigan State. Or I don't know if I'd understand keeping Cincinnati at number two. I'd even understand having Oklahoma at two, right? I, I understand they've been inconsistent, but they are undefeated, right? They did beat teams like Texas, who has been struggling, but still Texas has shown some promise. I have Michigan State at three. I said last week, if Michigan State beats the Wolverines, I'm moving up to number three, and I wasn't bluffing on that. I think their offense is only getting better, right? I think the quarterback, Peyton Thorne, needs to step up a little bit and progress a little more. Their defense is starting to improve. I know Michigan got got theirs against them, but they do some good things on Michigan State's side of the defensive ball. Alabama, number four. Again, Josh, I have a, a, a very heavy bias against the Crimson Tide. However, I think it's a travesty to put them any higher than four, and I – sincerely mean that you lose at Texas and their backup quarterback, your defense does not look good. I don't care what they did against Tennessee. You're up by seven going into the fourth quarter. I don't care what Tennessee does. Alabama, I don't think deserves to be ranked higher than four. Uh, Oklahoma and Cincinnati, the first two out Cincinnati, you're dropping pretty low um, compared to my last <laughs> like, ranking. While you're on that, Donovan, Emilio, Emiliano Zapata here on YouTube, if, <laughs> that, if that is your real name, uh, UC says uh, pacing them. You see Cincinnati is pacing themselves in case they make it to the playoffs. Don't want to risk injury to key players just enough to win. Let yeah, me tell you something, one running Emiliano. back. 
I <laughs> love that. I love that thought, you know, but the only thing involving the word pace was that Luke Fickle may need a pacemaker installed <laughs> after the heart palpitations that he was going through when his team could not execute against Tulane. Uh, that was not in the cards and not a not a planned action for for certain right there. But uh, Donovan, so you you've listed out there uh, for those listening via podcast, of course, uh, Georgia number one, Ohio State two, Michigan State three, Alabama four. Uh, Oklahoma five and Cincinnati six, the first two out in Donovan's top 10. Donovan, do you believe that is the, the way the committee will go, uh, you know, sim- similar to what you think, or how do you think the committee will differ from you in the first rankings? Um, I think I'm with Josh in the fact that I think the committee is going to wrongly put Alabama at number two, or I think there's a very strong chance. And Yes, I will be up in arms tomorrow night if that is the case. Not not that I don't think Alabama might be the second best team in the country. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying of all the teams that could be at number two, they deserve to be there the least, the least, in my opinion, outside of Cincinnati. Since you could make the argument for Cincinnati, but you know, I think I don't think they'll have Michigan State at three. I could see them at number four. Um, I honestly think they're going to have Oklahoma up pretty high. Um, higher than our rankings just because they are undefeated and they're still winning. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you. I'm going to reserve what I think that, that I have for the committee here in just a minute. But, Josh, I'm going to go ahead and throw yours up there on the screen. So just tell us uh, here, what, do you, what what's going through your mind on your top six here? All right, so obviously Georgia is the best team in the nation, undoubtedly. I Like I said, it's, it might be biased. Call it what you want. But for me, I have to put Alabama at number two. I get it. You do go and lose at Texas A&M. Um, but to me, I'm not really worried about where Alabama is ranked because I know they're going to be in the top four. And I know Ohio State and Michigan State have some, you know, Ohio State still has to play uh, Penn State and Michigan. So I think that's going to, you know, knock one of those out for good in the top four. So I'm not really too worried about where Alabama is, but I do believe that they're the number two team in the nation. I think Ohio State number three for me. Yes, you lose a terrible game at home to Oregon. But like you said, C.J. Stroud's getting better. The offense is clicking. Defense has stepped up tremendously since that game. Um, still has some lows against you know the running game. We'll talk about, like we mentioned, against Michigan State in Michigan. We'll see how tested they are. I have Cincinnati at four. They are undefeated. They did beat Notre Dame. Say what you want. Some reason AP poll has Notre Dame at what? Like number eight now, which is yeah, just outrageous. Right. And that, so, that that's big for Cincinnati. And uh, oh, yeah. speaking of Cincinnati, I wanted to point out on the screen here, Dave Valensky sends us a 499 super chat. So thanks to Dave for doing that. And he says, uh, whenever you send us a super chat, guys, we'll make sure to cover definitely your uh, your question and thing right off the bat. So I really appreciate that from Dave there. So what hurts Cincinnati is SMU losing to Houston. Yeah, that hurts the strength schedule a little bit, but um, it says it doesn't help the SMUs now out of the top 25, and they don't play Houston. Well, they don't play Houston in the regular season, but they will play Houston in that AAC championship game. So, I think uh, SMU's hanging on. They're number 23 in the AP poll. I don't know where they'll be in the, the playoff rankings, but it absolutely does kill Cincinnati's resume that needs all the help it can get. Indiana sucks. That was like another, you know, quote-unquote strong game for their resume. Didn't help at all. Um, but I still have to put Cincinnati at four because you can't drop them and penalize them too much because they haven't lost yet. I think, you know, they possibly will to SMU, and that's when they're just going to plummet down the rankings. Um, but Michigan State, number five for me, undefeated. Finally got that quality win against Michigan. Looked phenomenal. I don't know how much the playoff committee is going to look and say, you know, their passing game is not there. Like maybe they're not a complete team. They're just leaning so much on Kenneth Walker, the third for that offense, but it's working. So like you can't penalize them for that. So I think they're going to be either four or five for the playoff committee, but I put them at five um, Oklahoma obviously looks completely different with Caleb Williams. I think, you know, they're undefeated. They're right there Sometimes. with Michigan state. Yeah. <laughs> Kansas was a different, different game. Uh, their defense is still terrible. Even TCU was a different game. I mean, yeah. how they how they played in that one. They gave up 35 points to a TCU team. Yeah, they were they were so bad that uh, Gary Patterson had to step away just because Oklahoma looked terrible. Um, but I, I think Oklahoma still like just a completely different team without Spencer Ryler. So I think the committee knows that and takes that in consideration. 
Um, Michigan at seven. I'm not dropping them too much just because we could have easily had Michigan at five if, you know, you know, Kate doesn't throw the interception at the end or, you know, Kenneth Walker doesn't have that clutch touchdown uh, with like a minute and something or two minutes to go in the game. So Michigan could have easily won that game if they would have capitalized. So I think we could, you know, easily have them in our top five, top four if they were to have won. So I'm not going to penalize them too much for losing to Michigan State. And then Wake Forest at number eight, um, undefeated, one of the most impressive teams for me, Hartman's ball in at quarterback. I think I'm excited to see them AC championship game. I'm going to try to go to that game just so I can see them play in person undefeated, not getting a lot of respect just because the ACC sucks this year, but I'm impressed with Lake Forest is doing. We get told every week to put some respect on Lake Forest's name. So got to do it because they're killing it this year when a team like Clemson struggling. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've, we've got a comment here from, uh, Nubis 10, 23. How do y'all not have Notre Dame in the top 10? Well, Notre Dame's all right. Awful. So they, they all, they should have lost to Florida state to start off the year. We know how that looks now. Uh, Toledo had them on the ropes at, at, at home, uh, three point win and everybody else they've played is a 500 team or, or worse now. Uh, you know, with with USC having lost their head coach, North Carolina not being what they were supposed to be, and the only good team, semi-good team, in my opinion, that they played is Cincinnati, and they lost to them at home. I can uh, see if you want to say they beat Wisconsin because Wisconsin looks decent still. You know, they beat Iowa. I don't know what you want with that, but still, like I, I'm not putting that in like a older oh, top 10 team just because they beat Wisconsin kind of conversation. Yeah, and, uh, and then my uh, – CFP rankings I've got. First of all, I would have Georgia at one, Alabama two, Ohio State three, and Michigan State four, with the first two being out, Michigan, who barely lost to Michigan State, and then Oklahoma. And the reason that I have that as my top six, and the, the particularly the top four, is because let's remember what the goal is on this the goal on this is to find the best four teams that is the language that they use they don't use let's find the the best four undefeated teams let's not find the teams that that are the best story anything like that let's let's line up and say on a neutral field if we were playing a game on a neutral field which these will be on what teams would not only be favored but when you look at all the criteria and the inner matchups and things like that have the greatest advantage and and you think are truly the best four teams. I don't think anybody can honestly say that they feel confident that Cincinnati would beat any of those four teams on a neutral, neutral field. They just don't have the, the, the overall talent level players to do it. Uh, so when you talk about, that even last year, when people want to point to the Georgia game, Georgia was playing literally without 15 scholarship guys in that game, and they barely beat them uh, at the end. Of course, it, it took everything Cincinnati had. That was like their Super Bowl going into it, and Georgia had guys leaving for the pros, all that kind of stuff. It's suspended. Who, who all knows what? But it's just not in the cards for Cincinnati. They'll probably get put in the top four by the committee. I think they'll probably put them at three or four. Um, I think that they will have Alabama at two and then Ohio State in that other other spot with Michigan State on the outside looking in is what they'll have. I'm giving Wake Forest credit for winning all these games and not only winning, they're just spanking people right in the ACC. They're they're winning handily. They're they're playing good football. Um, Oklahoma. Yeah, they got Caleb Williams and it's changing things around a little bit. We'll see how he handles this last three games. It's going to be a tough stretch for Oklahoma as a as an entire team, but he's definitely one of the best players in the entire country. And then I've got Auburn working their way up into the top ten to round things off because I think uh, Bo Nix and company are playing really really well right now. So that is the CFP rankings that I, that I would put uh, again. The committee, I think all of us are in uh, a consensus here saying that Cincinnati will start off in the top four to to go with whether they deserve it or not. Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia will probably be the other three teams with some combination of Michigan State, Oklahoma, you know, five, six uh, coming in there as the as the outside looking in. Um, uh, Stephen Stephen Major here says Oklahoma would beat everyone from uh, two spot on easily. 
I don't know. <laughs> you're talking about Oklahoma beating uh, Alabama easily or beating Ohio State easily. I don't think you've seen that Oklahoma defense lately. And uh, Brian and, Robinson would have like 400 rushing yards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that they're they're you know Kansas was making giving those dudes the okie doke and making them miss tackles over there. So uh, I don't know about uh about that. I think Oklahoma's talented can play with anybody in the country, but definitely do not see. Um, hey Blaine, I got a I got a question. Yeah. So say Cincinnati goes undefeated. Say they beat SMU and Houston. Say Wake Forest goes undefeated. They beat North Carolina, NC State, Clemson, and Boston College to end the season. Go to the ACC championship. Say they win. It might be Pitt. Who knows? That that whole side's completely wide open. But whoever it is, say they win. They win out. They went out and Cincinnati wins out. Does Wake Forest get in over Cincinnati? Has to. Has to. I mean, I, I don't see how I don't see how Wake Forest couldn't get in over Cincinnati because if you're just going based off based off preseason poll bias, you know, uh, you know, that that's not good enough. You can't say, Oh, well, they started out higher, so they're gonna end up higher. That's not it's who's playing the better football right now. So if if Cincinnati beats SMU and Houston and they do do so, you know, convincingly, they look like okay, we're we're stopping two high-powered offenses with a defense, and we're getting off the field in times. And Desmond Ritter is is uh, you know controlling things and, and playing well, not making those those huge mental errors. Then I see maybe maybe I'm having an argument, but Wake Forest from top to bottom, even though the teams haven't been uh, better, there's overall greater talent level inside of the ACC. I think that they have to face week in and week out, and um, especially if they beat a you know. In the in the ACC championship game, whoever whoever makes it over on that on that side, we'll we'll see. But uh, I think Wake Forest would I would give Wake Forest the advantage there. I mean, North Carolina, NC State, Clemson, Boston College in the season. I mean, Clemson they are what they are right now, but still, like they're like, hey, we beat Clemson. I can even see them if they lose one game when the ACC. Nah, they say, lose one, they're done. And I think they will drop a game before it's all said and done for the ACC conference. That I do. I think that Clemson game is going to be really good. I think they still yeah. beat Clemson, though. Yeah, but if, if they they have no margin for error. Wake Forest oh, yeah, doesn't. No. They 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 have to they have to they have to win out to even be um, considered. Uh, you know, we've got uh, Bishop Newkirk down here. Let me put up uh, his comment. It says Ohio State lost to Oregon. Correct. He's what he's saying. Is why, why is Oregon not ranked ahead? Yes, they did. They did lose. But here's the. Here's the thing about that. Yes, you can have head-to-head, and if arguably if Oregon was undefeated and hadn't you know, lost to a Stanford team that they had no business losing to and then get pushed to the limit by a UCLA team that is not, not a good football team, uh, just I don't see how – I don't see how you could say that they're at the same level now. I think you play that game over again, Ohio State is – uh, improved dramatically on defense. CJ Stroud has a lot more experience. I know you, you, you know, head to head, it's hard to say, oh, well, you know, if they were matched up, I don't think it's going to get put in that position, Donovan, where you're going to be comparing at Oregon and Ohio State to see who gets in the playoff. And, and then you have the injuries too. But exactly. Anthony Brown's gotten a lot better too, though. He has. And, I, and I'll play devil's advocate. I mean, Blaine, you mentioned, you know, Oregon struggled against UCLA. Ohio State struggled against Tulsa, right? Who is bad? Is bad. But I think the perfect example for this, right, and again, Oregon is not the same team as I'm about to compare right now because Oregon is a top-10 team. But why, you know, a head-to-head matchup doesn't always, you know, matter the most. And again, this is a little bit of an extreme example, but it makes the point, is the Ohio State won the inaugural college ball playoffs, right? Just because they lost Virginia Tech does not mean that the head-to-head loss against Virginia Tech by the end of the season should mean that Ohio State shouldn't get in, right, in that scenario. Right. Doesn't mean that overall body of work. Exactly. And and again, I understand that's an extreme example because Virginia Tech that year was not very good. Right. Even though they did beat Ohio State and Oregon this year is pretty good. But it's it's the 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 key concept of it. Right. Is that head to head does matter. But what like you mentioned, you're trying to find the best teams. You're is what Kenneth Sawyer's question is it conference champ head to head and strength of schedule determine. We wish we could tell you. Uh, if yeah. there was some, if there was some set criteria, there would there wouldn't be, be an expansion either. <laughs> uh, that yeah, there would there wouldn't be expansion. Somebody asked what our thoughts were on a sixteen team playoff. I think that's no, way God, too no. many. Um, I'd say I like think eight is like the max. Yeah, six or eight maybe at the most with some buys for maybe the first. But 
I really think the four-team playoff is fine. It's just mm-hmm. you have to be – I think that committee needs to be more and more transparent every year and have mm-hmm. some more defined uh, criteria and things of that nature because there's there's no way that – like, okay, so the last two years, right, I think Georgia's finished it at five in the in the rankings the way, the way it's come out. Um, and, you know, when that happens – uh, you, there's been argument about based on like we were just talking, Donovan was Georgia playing better than a Oklahoma at that point that started, that finished fifth or whoever or he finished fourth right ahead of them, and I think that's what teams need. Uh, the committee needs to take into account more, right? Uh, 2017 when uh, Jake Fromm was Georgia's quarterback, they end up going to the national championship, playing Alabama again. There was real talk that if if Auburn, who had two losses. And because they had just beaten Alabama, if they had beat Georgia in that game, that they would be the first, they would have been the first two loss team to make it because of how they were playing at the end of the season. And I think uh, it's not only how good you are, but also how good you are at the end of the year. Right. And I think that's what, that's what Ohio State has a great chance to prove against this gauntlet that they have. How good are they at the right time? Oklahoma has a great chance to prove how good they are at the right time. Cincinnati is going to have a chance to prove how good they are at the, Alabama right, time, too. At the right time. Alabama mm-hmm. has has tough games. Auburn is a is a you know team that has has a chance to show how good they are. Not that they would make the uh, playoff, but that they could really cause some chaos in it. You know things like that. So there's a lot to be determined when we go out here in in terms of the college football playoff landscape and uh somebody says so georgia's the only team that could lose a uh, conference champion number one so can it yes if georgia goes undefeated and they lose to alabama in a nail nail biter you know heartbreaking fashion like it's happened again yeah they'll get in uh that that, that's 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 just how that'll go and rightfully so yeah georgia's strength of schedule i think is number overall is number 30 in the country, something something like that, according to ESPN. And then uh, their remaining strength of schedule, I think, is number number like 11 or 12, based on how they do, how they're doing that. And so I don't I don't know what they're just they in the did. body of work all season long. Like you can't say, oh, that's not a top four team. Like it absolutely is. Even if they lose to another top four team in Alabama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see see how it all goes uh, in terms of that. But I don't think I think the only one that can afford a real uh, a loss right now is is Georgia Alabama of course has already lost a game they get another one they're out uh you you talk about um Cincinnati they're on thin ice as it is they get a loss they're out Wake Forest we've already talked they get a loss they're out Ohio State's got one they're out what so about Michigan State if they lose to Ohio State or whoever but still win the Big Ten I think they could get in over a Cincinnati. Well, they're in the East, so they've got to beat Ohio State. I mean, State. yeah. If, so if they beat Michigan, Ohio State. Yeah, if Michigan State beats Ohio State, or I'm sorry, if what is that? If there's a the three way circle of if if Ohio State loses to Michigan, but Michigan, it, yeah, uh, it's it couldn't it couldn't happen. I, yeah, Ohio State would have to beat Michigan State, mm-hmm. and then Michigan would have to beat Ohio State, and then it'd be a, th- a three way tie in the Big Ten in the Big Ten East, but. If it's a circuit, if it's a you know, just take them all three out, right? Yeah, they're they're That's probably what happened. Yeah, <laughs> if it's a circular firing squad over there, they're taking all everybody out. And what that's like the office do, when they were <laughs> what that would do is if you see everybody in the Big Ten have one loss and Ohio State has two losses, and then also, uh, what that's going to do is that's going to open the door for two SEC teams to, to make it in into the into the playoff. And a Big Twelve team, and and then that would be Cincinnati's, you know, ideal scenario to ensure that they get in the the playoffs. So mm-hmm. the Big Ten East holds a big key, and Cincinnati should be watching that closely to see how that that uh, goes down. In that, also they should be watching the Iron Bowl closely, like we said, to see if Auburn can pull the upset because that would be another way for Cincinnati to get in there and and assure there's not two SEC teams in the playoffs, but. Guys, uh, you know, I think we've kind of covered backwards and forwards how the uh, CFP could go down. We're going to see how the rankings come out with the committee. Um, we're here live on the 365 Sports YouTube channel. Of course, we're part of the Believe Podcast Network here on CFB 
Unfiltered. As you can see on the screen at CFB Unfiltered, where you can follow us. Uh, we're presented by Bet Online as always. And guys, we will have be back for a we put a show out on Fridays uh, where we we come out and we give some previews. Uh, Josh, any any games come to mind that you want to uh, go in in depth on this week? Well, I personally am going to uh, the Duke and Pitt game just because I'm looking for uh, Washington's franchise quarterback. But that's not going to be an exciting right. game at all. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I'm just trying to help out my franchise. Um, but still, Liberty, Ole Miss, Malik Willis versus Matt Crow. I think it's a great matchup. You know, Hugh, yeah, Hugh Freeze. Liberty's getting team. paid a million and a half dollars to go to Ole Miss, and they may beat Ole Miss. That's going to be a such a good game. I just those are two quarterbacks. Obviously, once again, high draft picks. Um, I'm trying to think who else is playing. Cincinnati, Tulsa, not good. Auburn, Texas, Auburn, A&M. Texas, and yep, at Texas A&M. Penn State, Maryland might have some exciting moments, but still, just a Big Ten game. I'm sure Donovan would appreciate it. Um, Georgia's, Georgia's a 39 point favorite on Missouri. Y'all think they're going to cover? It's a lot of points. <laughs> that is a lot. But I'm sure they'll do it. But they hung then, 62 on Vandy, and Missouri beat Vandy by 11 this week. So we'll we'll see. I don't know. But uh, at 39 points, when I saw that, I was like, my goodness, that's a big uh, big spread there. Yeah, of course, Alabama LSU night game is always good. So that's literally the only game I care about this week. <laughs> yeah, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Uh, they play. Uh, is it Baylor this week that 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 Oklahoma plays? Do they go to Baylor this week, or is uh, I think it's the following weekend. Following a weekend, okay. Yeah, so I know they. Yeah, Baylor's at TCU this week. Baylor's at yeah. TCU. Okay, they don't then, have a head coach. Then I know Oklahoma. They're going to end the year. They got Baylor. They got the Bedlam game. Oklahoma State. Up. Yep. Up. So there's a lot going on there. But like I said, for Donovan White and Josh Taylor, this has been CFB Unfiltered, and we are so excited that you join us each and every week. Do us a favor, hit that subscribe button, hit the likes, turn on notification, and be a friend and tell a friend of what's going on in the show, guys, and we will catch you next week. Actually, not next week. We'll catch you on uh, Friday. We'll have an episode out Friday on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Pod- Podcasts, Spotify. You can catch us anywhere. Just search CFBM Filtered, and we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.